Like, I do believe that I'm gonna live until 120 and beyond, but I'm still gonna be able to pick up things off the floor and raise my arms over my head, so I'm actually mobile and functional. So if you're working on your computer, you do want to block that artificial blue light as much as you can, and making your bedroom just a sacred place. Every single phenomenon, every single memory or trauma has this cycle. And if that cycle is completed, it becomes empty and produces wisdom. If that cycle doesn't complete itself, our subconscious mind is constantly looking for opportunities for it to complete itself, and then it manifests in our day-to-day, -day. and if we're not aware of it, it's screwing us over. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back down the rabbit hole. I am your host, Monty Hook. In this episode, I talk with Orimas Jawadka, a health, human optimization, and high-performance specialist. This one was super fun. AJ is an absolute beast, not just because he's six foot seven, but because he has integrated so many facets of his life powerfully. He really is the living example of what he preaches. We went deep down some rabbit holes on health and we uncovered some of the myths around what does and what does not create the optimized human. We spoke about fasting, exercise, nutrition, spiritual practice, mindset, and how all of this can be weaved together as a tapestry for having a really powerful life. So many gold nuggets for all of us in this episode, guys, especially if you are an entrepreneur, you do not want to miss this one. Guys, head on over to www.montyhook.com and get free access to my ebook, The Exponential Entrepreneur. Abraham Lincoln was quoted as saying, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the ax. This is a concept I've been obsessing over for the past five years. How to scale your business and actually take on more projects all whilst working less and living a life you love. I'm now very fortunate to have multiple businesses that all run without me, and I spend my days sharpening the axe. That's doing things that I love, like surfing, working on my spiritual practice and health, learning, and doing podcasts. So if you are an entrepreneur and you are interested in the strategies required to scale your business, but with you actually working less, and most importantly, cultivating a life of spiritual abundance and freedom, then head on over to www.montyhook.com and get free access to the ebook now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back down the rabbit hole. I am your host, Monty Hook, and I'm in the studio in Bali, and today I'm joined by AJ. Here I am. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming in, man. You are a very big man. And uh, how tall are you? I'm 6'7". 6'7". 201 centimeters yeah. you know 250 pounds 115 kilos and that is the most often question that i get in my life yeah yeah <laughs> well i know there's a lot of depth to you i know there's a lot more than just your, your sheer size and you're uh, very good in what you do in high performance human optimization and um i don't know the depths of your story but you're from lithuania Correct. originally born and raised and um so you're an athlete of some sort or i was of some sort so yeah. I, I played basketball because Growing up in Lithuania, basketball is like a, we call it a second religion in yeah. our country. And then um, I played in college when I moved to the U.S. And um, actually got into boxing and found myself, it's, it's my, it was my hidden talent that I yeah. haven't, I've discovered pretty late in life and considered uh, turning professional. However, that's, that just wasn't the path that I was, I figured I could use my head for you know, right. better, better good. <laughs> so did you, did you see um, that? that that was not a sustainable thing that you you didn't like getting beat up or what was it i just realized that hey um the damage that yeah. you experience through that once i started uh really studying biology yeah and anatomy and injuries and all that kind of stuff i just realized hey this is this is horrible mm. <laughs> this is bad so it takes a lot of subtracts a lot of years yeah but that's also good i guess because you're also because uh, you're so um interested in the study behind it um, you can now teach people better ways of building their body so that they don't get the damage and precisely that or recover quicker yeah now, so if if anybody has any you know, brain um, injury or 
concussions, I just have tools to recover them from, yeah. the, from the faster. Cool, man. So look, a human optimization and, you know, high performance, it's, you know, it could mean anything, right? It's a very subjective kind of sure. thing and um, probably means different things to different people. But what, is, what, what does it mean to you? So first of all, uh, we want to be most, when it comes to human optimization, being an optimized human and being a high performer, it's ultimately having your full potential and uh, accessing your full potential and removing all the interferences that we have. And we have so many interferences in our day-to-day. -day. So I like looking at it as not as in adding something, but mm. subtracting the stupid things that we do yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, so once you subtract those stupid things, it makes room for smart things to incorporate into yeah. your day-to-day. -day. And once we achieve that, then we get closer and closer and closer to being our best possible selves in every mm -hmm. area. So ultimately, the whole journey, man. Should we go down from the beginning? Yeah, sure, man. It's super organic. Like yeah. how it happened and evolved, it was extremely organic. Because first of all, I grew up in Lithuania. I was super sick as a child. Uh, at the age of 13, I had kidney stones. I was on antibiotics for about five years straight. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just... A mess, really. Yeah. It's like a allergic asthma, all was, kinds of nonsense. Was, was that environmental or was it what, do you know what it was? All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a fresh environmental. Uh, simply, I was born prematurely as well. I had some um, heart issues um, as, a, as a baby who was born prematurely. So I've been told that I could never be an athlete. I could never be, uh, do this or be that. So it kind of just formed a lot of limitations mm. around my physiology. And um, so it happened that I ended up in the military. And uh, that's something I found ways around, you know, all those injuries and in the uh, USA. setbacks. It, in the beginning, I was in Lithuania. And then I transferred to yeah. uh, the USA. So um, ultimately, in the beginning, I realized that I have to do something about this meat suit mm. that is not serving me. It's like, what's the first thing that you go after? I mean, you want to look good. It's like, oh. You, if you look good, you're going to feel good. So fitness was my entry point to optimization, if you will. And the funny thing was that when I looked my best, I felt my worst. Mm. And then I see these magazine covers of, you know, dudes looking great, you know, six pack and all that. It's like uh, they look like Greek gods. And the reality is uh, that, you know, you're starving yourself, you're, lib you're libido-less, mm. and just for that one shoot. So well, what, and what I, what I understand of what they have to do is, is a lot of up and down. It's exactly. like yo-yoing and dieting, and there's no stability to, to what they're doing. It's yeah. horrible. It's horrible for your body. So yeah. but once I realized that, I was like, okay, I have to dig into that nutritional component. Is What is that sustainable way of maintaining it? Mm. So fitness uh, followed by nutrition, then I was suffering from insomnia, so sleep was another thing that I unpacked uh, and optimized. Then it was my stress management. I started meditating, uh, started you know, with basic stuff, mindfulness, then uh, transcendental meditation, got into Vipassana later on, and uh, then environmental toxicity as well because I had mold poisoning uh, at some point, at one point in my life, and I realized how much it affects our brain performance and just mm. physiology in general. So unpacking that and it's like, okay, so now my meat suit is optimized. What do I do next? All right, so mindset. A lot of things that we just don't consider is like how we think, the language that we use, the mm. people that we hang around, the just the angle that we look at the world uh, from is just so many things that we don't consider and it all really starts here mm. because, yeah, uh, but... Again, it's it's the whole it's the full circle. If your meat suit is not optimized, you're not able to tap into your full mental potential. If your mental potential is holding you back, then you're not able to yeah. uh, pull through your physical potential. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, my experience over the years has been, and this is you know probably for most people, is they kind of deal with one thing at a time, right? It's like it's actually can be pretty difficult to you know get your fitness really good and then move on to your nutrition and then. Mm. It's like, because you, you, if you put that much effort into one thing, well, then something else is likely to break. Right, right? exactly. So how, how do you, um, is it a matter of fixing one thing for, first, really, really drilling down on one thing and then moving to the, moving to creating that as a habit and then moving to the next thing? Or are you, are you do you look at all, all facets at the same time? I really look at the whole optimization of, from ultimately three stages. So it's foundation, optimization mastery yeah and identifying where people are falling behind the most 
that's what that's one of my gifts really mm. so uh knowing that okay you are you don't even have fundamentals in this area mm. so we're building those up and automatically you're gaining so much momentum because it's such a new thing when yeah. you implement something completely new that is really uh life-changing almost then you see results and progress and that momentum that that's created behind it super quickly yeah and so and i have to assume there's a lot of unlearning for people as well because like for me back in the day like the first thing i ever did was i, I did gym 20 years ago because right. there was no you know healthy calisthenics and you know it's like you go to the gym you get really big yeah. heavy weights <laughs> and you look at what the other dudes are doing and you just go go hard and heavy and it's right. just it's not necessarily good for your body right i'm sure there's a healthy way to do it but when the, the you know the the masculine and the ego kind of takes over and it's all about you know physique and you want to look good and you want to be big right it's it's can be very very unhealthy and then the idea of then trying to build something on top of that well you've got bad foundations right you're trying to build a skyscraper on a shaky forest foundation yeah. exactly right precisely man that's 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 exactly the point is like with that mindset is like when you're trying to put on muscle you're trying to achieve something that you haven't just overcompensating for something mm. that you don't have and that's that's a funny thing as well so when it comes to in general what i mentioned in the beginning is like doing less stupid things and as you mentioned unlearning that's the biggest thing it's like once you kind of unpack uh, those areas where you're being stupid if you mm. will uh, then it's easier to to do more of those smart things and um, my approach really is minimal effective dose Mm. realistically every single person let's let's give um the example of physiology taking care of your physiology that's that's easy you go to the gym for three to six months i mean i was able to personally i was able to put on like 50 pounds of muscle in six months yeah which prob was probably like 10 pounds for the average person but <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah so that's a, that's a, uh once you know what you do and actually if you overthrow your lifestyle with yeah. just doing that it's easy yeah. But then the point is like, what's, what, what is that for? To tell your grandkids, oh, so back in the day, I looked like this. And because I was going to the gym uh, 15 hours a week, you know, it's like, that's, that's not sustainable. And at the point that we are right now to really optimize our output, we want to make sure that it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that it's, it's integrated into our lifestyles and it's not overthrowing our lifestyles with those, I mean, obviously like I'm, I'm into this so much and I'm always constantly testing, tweaking, uh, just my <laughs> measure, one, measuring, measuring. Yeah. My, one yeah. of my friends actually called my little bag. It's like Mary Poppins bag of biohacking stuff. <laughs> so it's just like, uh, yeah, I'm always, um, I'm just curious about yeah. this stuff and some things work, yeah. some things don't. And then I really boiled down the areas that, okay, these are the game changers and they really work and they, um, require minimal time and investment and these that i'm mm. gonna share and for for most people again like there are there are certain inputs that across the board every single person needs to have in order to have that foundation yeah and get to the next level into optimization yeah so let's talk about the fundamentals i guess we're talking about movement exercise we're talking about nutrition um we're talking about mindset mm. uh what else are we talking about environment uh, and longevity mm? longevity yeah yeah. So um, how is there is there like a sweet spot? Right. So example, like if I was going to go hyper focused on being an athlete, it's like, well, I'd probably be doing things which is ne isn't necessarily best for longevity. No. Right. Yeah. And then if I was only focused on longevity, well, then I probably couldn't get the kind of body that my ego desires. <laughs> right. So is there like a, is there like some kind of sweet spot where we can maximize all these things? And how do we do that? Mm. <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot to unpack. It's a, it's a great question. So with the sweet spot, yeah, there is. I believe that there is. And the beauty of it is that we are looking for balance. And that's something that performance does not happen at the point of balance. It happens at the extremes. You know, mm. and us being able, if you're on, on the bicycle, it's like uh, you're you have to move forward in order to stay balanced. It's like you, you can't sit, you can't sit still, you know, uh, while while driving the bike. So, uh, the really the sweet spot is whatever it is that you want to accomplish. So establishing your priority the priorities is like: is it you wanting to look good? Is it you wanting to perform? Is it you uh, optimizing your brain 
performance, physical mm. performance, and identifying what is it that is important. Well, to you. example for me, it's 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 now all of those things. Like there would have been once upon a time where it would have been just my body. Like right. I, I wouldn't have cared about too much else. And then now I'm like, okay, well I broke my body. That's mm-hmm. not smart. Mm-hmm. So now my number one thing is like my focus with exercise now is mobility. Right. Like that's that's my. And will it be like that forever? No. But the reason I have that now is because I know that's what I need to do to repair my mm. body so I can have a stronger foundation where I could sure. then build muscle again if I so desire to, right. which my ego still wants to because I'm still a man, uh-huh. right? So, but now I'm, a, I'm okay with being patient, right. right? So there's longevity there for sure. But I don't, you know, some people talk about longevity like, you know, they want to live forever and that doesn't even enter my mind. What, what, I, what I feel like is I want to maximize every day. Like I want to feel the best that I can mm. every single day for however long I'm alive, whether that's one year, 10 years, 100 years. We're on the same page. And when it comes to lifespan and health span, those are two completely different yeah. things. I don't care about the lifespan. I yeah. don't care about the health span. Yeah. And if I'm like, I do believe that I'm going to live until 120 and beyond, but I'm still going to be able to pick up things off the floor and raise my arms over my head so i'm actually mobile i'm functional and mm. I'm, I'm still able to use my use my brain because i don't want to be you know just useless uh, exactly yeah. yeah i don't want to be useless at whatever age that yeah. it is and when it comes to mobility it's actually it's a, it's a great point uh, because um we tend to load up dysfunctional movement patterns and that's what most people that's how most people get into injuries they are trying to overcompensate and uh just asymmetries and that's that's something that really i experienced myself and i had to undo the damage that has been done yeah. uh, so that's i'm i'm right there with you and uh when it comes to longevity really it's like a, i treat movement as a checklist so for me mm. movement and exercise is not like going to the gym going to the gym consists of maybe like two hours a week for me yeah uh, of all the movement that i do yep i have uh so for example my workstation has a little treadmill under the desk so while i'm working my, on my computer while i'm taking my coaching calls while i'm creating stuff i'm i'm moving mm. you know that's we our body's created to move it's like i'm, I'm gonna get antsy in a few minutes you know it's like because mm. i'm not used to sitting for an extended <laughs> period of time so even when i'm sitting man it's like a, i'm engaging my core yeah so it's like a, i'm barely touching the back of, that, of the seat but this is not taught to us like no, we're we're, we're, we're taught for the last 50 years or whatever it's like you know sit there sit there and be quiet right right you're right. not taught to move it's horrible that's the thing it's horrible but i don't think humans are des- human bodies are not designed like that we're not designed to sit still. Yeah, look, look at uh, Asian populations, Asian cultures. Every single person in their 20s, 30s, 40s, they can squat. They can get into a deep squat, hold it, and they eat soup. It's like the rest, their resting position. So yeah. once I identified, I remember I could barely get into like a 90-degree angle. I was like, uh, I can deadlift 600 pounds, but I can't uh, get into a, into a deep squat. So I was like, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, and how, I was like, what is, what is this for? So that functional strength and uh, functionality really, really is huge for me. So um, as I said, uh, yeah. integrating everything into our lifestyle rather than overthrowing our lifestyle with these practices. Yeah, so what, what, are, the, what are all the moda- modalities of exercise that you're, you're doing? You, you're doing the movement through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you, are you doing like heavy resistance in the, in the gym as well? Yeah. Um, and, and what, what else? Mm, so that's uh, my checklist ultimately on, on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, depending on uh, how busy I am, how much I'm traveling and all that. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, on a day-to-day basis, low-level physical activity. So uh, I have a certain reminder on my computer that blocks my computer screen every 40, 40 or 45 minutes. And I have three minutes to step away from the computer. I do a few squats, push-ups, handstands, what have you. Um, when While I'm working, I'm mostly walking. Um, and additionally, every week I want to hit, uh, want to hit weights, lift something heavy. So yeah. put... Uh, pick up and put down heavy things <laughs> that's as simple as simple as that and um something heavy then one time a week i do something super explosive where i go just all out for 20 seconds and for full recovery five to eight rounds whether it's assault bike hill sprints swimming uh-huh. what have you so just you go all out as hard as you can that's for our mitochondrial density and yeah. that um just once a week yeah once a week uh phosphocreatine system it's like under 20 minutes that workout that whole workout is under 20 minutes uh, then I do some heart health as well. I want to keep this baby beating because of the problems that I had in my childhood. So uh, 
ultimately doing like a one-to-one ratio of work to rest at highest sustainable mm-hmm. pace. So that would be, let's say if, uh, for beginners, three minutes on, three minutes off as th- at a very uncomfortable pace. So whether you're rowing, biking, swimming, running, whatever it is, just, just do that. And um, another thing, just some high intensity stuff, high intensity interval training, 18 minute workout, uh, coupling like a Tabata stuff uh, type stuff where 20 seconds off uh, on 10 seconds off. Simple, keeping mm. it super, super simple. Because yeah. if I start overcomplicating it, again, it becomes boring. If I do like the whole bodybuilding routine, this is just, it's, I dread that stuff. It's like, okay, I'll get, I, I'll put on like 10 pounds of muscle and then it's like, what, what does that do to me? It's, like, it's pointless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I'm doing um, every morning, first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I have, have some minerals and then I do some movement, usually about 15 minutes, 15 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes, um, just like, gentle yoga mobility depending how i'm feeling i'll grab the bands sometimes i'll hang i've got the you know the rings and all of that um first thing in the morning and then every day i try to do some cardio i surfing's my favorite mm. um, but i haven't been surfing lately because i've had injury um so i might do some treadmill bike rowing in the in the in the gym and then either like every second day i'll try to do resistance mm. i haven't been doing anything heavy this year at all because of the injury gotcha but i still try to you know keep the resistance going mm. um and then on the second days of that then i would do maybe pilates or something like that so i'm doing something i'm doing a couple that's, hours every day that's very that's that's a lot like yeah. for me that's that's a lot because then you're dedicating Again, personally, I do enjoy exercise. I hate the gym. Like uh, every every time I talk to people, and then I say, I hate the gym. They kind of yeah. look at me and say, Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, AJ, <laughs> really? Are you some kind of freak? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, you just so you hate the gym, but you don't ha- hate steroids, huh? <laughs> so uh, ultimately, what I I really don't like that environment because the yeah. chemicals, uh, all just just not my jam. Honestly, mm. it's just like I utilize that as a tool yep. minimally. Yeah. So uh, I'll go there to pick up and put down heavy yeah. things. That's it, it. It does become a cultural thing to be in right. there, you know. Yeah, you get wrapped up in the gym world. And, exactly. Yeah. And that, and w- when you look at fitness world in general, now what do we got to? It's like these treadmills with screens on them. People just go there to kind of check the box, but not do the work. Yeah. Like for well, me, they're not being present to it. Exactly. Either. They're not being present. Exactly. Yeah. For me, for me, it's like one of those things that hey, I'm. Not just only gonna put in the hours. I'm gonna put in the work. Yeah, and yeah. the the more work I put in, the less hours I need to actually invest. Yeah, like and when I'm at the gym, I'm I got my headphones on and I don't talk to anybody. And you know, of course, I can't stop people coming and talking right. to me. But I'm very quick to get out of there, mm-hmm. and I'm just in the zone, and I want to be present to to what I'm doing. So yeah. So one of the things that I I really preach is no more than three hours a week of yeah. like the dedicated time to exercise. Really? Like three hours is my maximum. I just, I don't think in the past three years I've hit yeah. over three hours. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So it's like, uh, once you hit, once you have that, ch- uh, that checklist yeah. and you hit all those points, that's it. So that three hours that you're talking about, is that because that's through a lot of experimenting that you've done is that through working with lots of people where where is that where is that kind of come from all the all of the above i would say because um first of all recovery component so uh, i look at our body as a battery and in a given day we have a certain amount of i guess charges that we can take out of that battery so that would be let's say take 10 for example so um we're stressed. We're using our brain very intensively. So that's that subtracts at least five out of that 10. I add poor sleep on top of that, which most people struggle with. That's minus two. We're already at a three. Uh, and, then, and then depending on what you eat, like that's 15 what, or 20. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What you eat, uh, that's, that's a massive, massive one. Yeah. So you're already in the negative. It's like, uh, and then people, you know, they do fasting. So fasting is one of the things that, hey, it's it's healthy. It's it's a good thing for me to do. But if you're already if your battery is already in the mm. negative, you're adding another stressor. Now you're uh, ultimately getting your adrenals on fire. It's like you put exercise on top of that, and then another thing. So so the immediate result might be that you lose weight. You, you get some immediate gain, right? But you're not creating a healthy, sustainable ecosystem for precisely. yourself. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That's super interesting. So being being aware of that, because I know how much output I produce really on a daily basis and how much I use my brain. And that's mm. my that's what uses up most of my calories throughout the day. Uh, and so I know that if I add exercise on top of that, I have to be mindful on a daily basis. So uh, simply exercise is not a priority. I know that it helps me, uh, helps my brain performance and helps it's like a tool. Mm. That's it. It's like not something that I, I want to spend too much time doing because it's simply a tool. That's yeah, it. Yeah, but it also sounds like because of all the other movement you're doing through the day, it's just kind of weaved in through your life. Yeah. 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 And that's a goal ultimately. So as I said, integration. Like yeah. That minimal effective dose and having that design your environment to be as simple as possible for you to move, for you to have those little inputs, as I said, in the morning. That's actually something that yeah I'd like to cover and go back to is morning routines yeah like you anchoring yourself into that amazing state first thing in the morning there's nothing better than that yeah so like a little checklist hydration number one movement number two sun exposure uh or fresh air number three and then some sort of a mindset or spiritual practice number four that's yeah. it it's like how it can take anywhere from five to that's my first yeah, hour 15 minutes yeah, that's exactly. my first yeah. hour sometimes i take you know, time, for example, now I started um, scheduling my Wednesday mornings in for deep meditation. 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., that's my like, really? meditation time. And um, for the past half um, half a year, a bit more than that, um, I've been taking my Saturdays or Sundays off uh, completely in the morning. From the moment I wake up till like noon or 2 p.m., I'm just meditating. I'm just wow. meditating, just spending time in silence. It's just kind of that I found to refresh me and reset me completely it's like a nice reset button yeah yeah well that's really amazing man mm. that's cool that's it's also a very disciplined thing to do it sounds like it but i don't i don't see it that way was it did it feel like that in the start though um i guess i kind of established my why mm. uh, before i start and then it kind of when i have that driver it's like I, I know exactly how i'm gonna benefit benefit from this yeah i know exactly why i'm doing this and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah. at the end of the day, it is a discipline. Right. But once you, when you are disciplined, it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel mm. like a discipline. It just feels like it's part of your, exactly. part of your life. It's yeah. part of my yearly checklist or weekly yearly checklist. So, yeah. for example, um, fasting is another discipline, if you will, uh, that I would do three times a year for five days. I do this fasting mimicking protocol. So, um, I used to do water fasts. Now, I transition to this more advanced protocol where... Ultimately, what you have to do is cut your calories at about to about 20-ish percent of what you normally consume. Protein is super low and it tricks your body into thinking that you are in the, this catabolic state. So uh, once protein is super low, it suppresses this mTOR pathway, which is known to be as an anabolic or aging pathway. And once you suppress that uh, a few times a year, it regenerates your stem cells as well. Mm. So it's one of the easiest most practical health hacks that I can offer people because it's it's so simple. Five yeah. days, uh, you don't really have to think about it. Um, it's like I actually geek out on this stuff. I dive into the research. So it, it's been patented uh, with a certain product was coupled with it. So just went to the US patent site, dug it out, and then built a calculator around it where you just input your weight and it spits out all the uh, wow. like um, break, macronutrient breakdown. Yeah, in there. yeah I might have to consider that i mean i i do i do fasting but i mine is more for the extended fast is more intuitive i don't do it kind of a time thing uh, usually every month i try to do one to two days um and i know that at like three days that's when you have like stem cell regeneration etc um but mine is more just to give my digestion a Some break mm -hmm. just just to give that a break intermittent fasting every day right um i'm usually on a 16 to 18 hour window Gotcha. Um, that's something that I, I want to talk about, actually. So <laughs> that's that's what I've uh, I find it. Mm -hmm. It's I've have found that works for me, and then a few times a year I'll do an extended fast. Mm -hmm. So uh, four or five days, just water or just coconut or something. Gotcha. Not with any particular um, agenda. More just a just a good reset. Just Got a it. good reset. Yeah. So what 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 have you so this one, this protocols that you do for yourself with fasting, this is also what you're uh, teaching other people as well. So Usually. what's, yeah, mm -hmm. so um, tell us more about that. What's the recommended, it's like with intermittent fasting, what do you suggest? Ultimately, when it comes to fasting, it's again, it's a great, great, great tool, but 
the problem is that a lot of people are doing it wrong. Yeah. First of all, uh, for weight, it should not be for weight loss, specifically for weight loss, because because that man, I've seen so many so many people uh, getting into you know eating disorders yeah. through through that, and that's that's very unfortunate. So uh, being careful with that, especially, and so intermittent fasting, amazing tool uh, for me personally. Uh, it's thirteen to seventeen hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the lower end, so if it's 13 hours, if I'm super active, towards the 17 hour mark is when I'm less active. Yeah, probably and pretty similar to me too. Like if I went, if I had a big surf in the morning, mm -hmm. I'd just be like too oh, freaking, I mean, yeah, too freaking hungry. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's like listening, also listening to your body, uh, because that allows you once you kind of get into to that point where you can listen to your body and understand what it's telling you. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a it's a powerful place to be at, and. Then 24-hour fasts, I would do that two to three times a month. And then um, just dinner to dinner yeah. or breakfast to breakfast, like yeah. super, super simple. And at the end, um, every quarter or every four months, I would do like, yeah, that three times a year of fasting mimicking protocol. Yeah. And one of the things that people are doing wrong is, man, uh, juice fasts. Mm. Juice fasts or like a, even coconut fast. Because what are you doing ultimately? You're trying to tap into your fat stores, mm -hmm. right? when you're fasting and then you're feeding your body with pure glucose, like juice fast, like this is pure sugar going straight into your bloodstream, raises your insulin levels. It's like your blood sugar, sugar crashes. And that's, that's so bad, man. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's one of the worst things that you can do. I, I mean, what I've read and what I understand is, um, juice fasting as a protocol is it's, a, it's an easy entry in for people because right they're getting calories, they're getting nutrition, they're satiating, you know, getting some taste. Uh -huh. um, they're getting obviously some energy from the from the sugars, um, but then they're also still getting some vital nutrients in mm -hmm. there as well. But um, yeah, I think once you kind of gotten through that where you you don't need that, you're right. better off just doing water. And uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, juices, I'm, I mean, I'm not against green juices that have pretty much no sugar in them with like limes and stuff like that. Uh, however, most people do like pineapple, watermelon, mm. and that's that's like pure fructose. That's 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 really bad. And um, another thing that really most people think that hey, um, the longer I go with a fast, the more hungry I'm gonna get. Mm. And uh, the beauty of it is that our hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin, they they go in cycles. So they're just it's just just a wave. So you're not gonna get more hungry. Yeah. That hunger dissolves at certain hours. It comes back. It dissolves. It comes back and it dissolves yeah. once you recognize those cycles that's it yeah and i think once you're used to fasting you, you don't even feel that you don't right. i don't even get hungry yeah exactly yeah exactly and that's that's also the concept of metabolic flexibility so once you're able to tap into your fat stores and produce ketones for for energy uh you don't you simply don't need it yeah cool I mean, man 382 days i think the world record is 382 days straight or 84 i would yeah. say yeah so it's like yeah our bodies know better what to do with less food than with more food yeah no, i mean those extended fasts there's a there is a, a mental aspect and a spiritual aspect to that 100%. which is which is um which is 100 related for mm -hmm. sure but i think when you're starting out don't worry about that like right. you yeah. just get, get <laughs> through the get, get through, through the physical yeah. and yeah, 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 yeah for sure <laughs> but I, th I think it is a it's it can be an access to to deeper spiritual work for 100%, sure 100 percent, and i've I've seen that. I've experienced partially that yeah. as well. So it's it's powerful. Yeah. Powerful. So what's your uh, philosophy on nutrition? Nutrition, whole, simple man, simplicity. Again, yeah. the whole thing, uh, minimal effective dose. I don't really, I don't just preach it. I practice it as well. Yeah. So minimal effective dose. And so what about like counting macros and stuff? Oh like hell this? no, no yeah. way, no way, man. It's just yeah. it's just a waste of time. Uh, the thing is, one of the reasons is because the accuracy. You know, the label accuracy though is so so off. It's like about 15% already, yeah. then your hormonal, your absorption, so bioavailability uh, of that food, that's and your gut microbiome reaction with that specific food, that's another 10 to 15% fluctuation. Then hormones, another 10 to 15%. We're looking at 30 to 50% already yeah. like, off. So it's- Who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So definitely not. Um, it could, for some, for athletes and athletic populations, it's a good guide. For sure, you can you can utilize it, but if you stick to whole foods as close to their mm -hmm. natural state as possible, that meaning that hey, it's unrefined and processed. What you get from an organic garden, uh, if you 
choose to eat animal products and animal proteins, grass-fed, grass-finished, pasture-raised. That's it. So what's your philosophy on, on meat? You're eating meat. What do you eat? What's your, so what's a typical meal or typical day for you? Uh, so again, almost a checklist on a regular basis. It's like yeah. I have certain things that I want to get into my body. One of them is organ meat. Organ mm. meats are huge, man. It's nature's multivitamin. Uh, so uh, kidneys, uh, liver, hearts. So for example, pasture-raised organic chicken hearts. Those are, those are delicious. And they're so nutrient-dense. It's insane. Uh, liver at least once a week as well. I'm not a huge fan of uh, its flavor, but if cooked in grass-fed butter with some garlic and uh, mustard on top, hey, it masks it. So or blend it into something. So that's that's another thing. And we we move so far away from our original way of eating. Mm. Nose to tail. It's like that's that's where all the nutrients are. You know, it's like we are we ha- have been conditioned to these muscle meats, chicken breasts, and stuff like that, where. I call chicken breasts actually um, the wide breads of animal protein. Mm. Uh, so it's it's the amino acid ratios are crap. Well, and also because they're a weak bird, right? Exactly. They're just a weak bird. Yeah, exactly. It's like you are what you eat, and you're yeah. eating a weak bird. <laughs> yeah, precisely, precisely. Yeah. yeah, and that you know that connective tissue, uh, bone broth, and all those like animal products that are again nose to tail. Uh, it gives you the full amino acid mm. uh, balance and that spectrum of amino acids that are necessary for muscle building, for gut uh, regeneration, your gut microbiome health. That's it. So, wh- what do you what do you say to people, or maybe you don't say anything to them? <laughs> what do you? What's your take on people who say that you can get everything you need just from plants? You can. You can get everything that you need, but you're definitely not gonna. <laughs> be an optimal human being right and you're what's what's going to be mis- what's going to be missing ultimately what's going to be missing we don't have certain vitamins so for example uh, you cannot get b12 uh, you have to get intramuscular shots because again our digestive tract annihilates the pill form of, of vitamin b additionally uh, one of the biggest things that concerns uh, concerns me is the epa and dha so the essential fatty acids that we do not simply do not get from plant products. Mm-hmm. And when I see, you know, vegan people uh, raising their kids vegan, it's like, what do you not want your kid's brain to develop? And then there's a very strong link between the lack of amino of uh, essential fatty acids and increased risk of Alzheimer's. So mm-hmm. I really, I really don't want my children or anyone in this society to to get to that point. Like mm-hmm. we are living this life. Uh, in my opinion, to, it's our duty to be as optimal as possible so we can tap into our, our full potential and help others around us to do the same. Yeah. No, I mean, I've you know interviewed people that are carnivores. I've interviewed people that are vegans, whole foods people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my thought is uh, I'm curious about everybody's philosophy. Right. Right. And I want to take a little bit of wisdom out of something that they're saying that I can just put into to my protocol. Amen it's to not that. A, it's not about like... <laughs> This person saying this, and it has to be like this. But I mean, I, I feel that um, you know, and people vegans will argue that you know humans weren't supposed to eat meat and um, and all of that. But I mean, we're we're part of nature, right? And that nature is animals, and we've been eating animals for however long. And you know, to to say that we should don't need animals is mm. to say I think saying we're not part of nature, right? No, that's, that's the way I I do I do agree with you on that. And another thing that I wanted to add is food is not religion. You don't have to identify with one way of eating and defend it. It's you you don't have to. It's simply I call myself a nutritional agnostic. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. As like I as you said, you take parts of what works for you and really from a biochemical standpoint, what I said, um, yeah. nose to tail animal products and high quality source of food. That's yeah. It. Yeah, and the, I mean that's one of the that alone is massive. Like I mean, the quality of food in you know, especially in Western countries, Australia mm-hmm. and you know USA, and what you get from the supermarket shelves is it's just rubbish. It's just right. and and you know we've been taught that that's food, right? It's, it's not food. And, and why why do we call organic food organic food? It's just why isn't it just food? <laughs> why isn't the why isn't the non-organic food labeled as this is shit food right. and organic is just food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that, one of the things is like uh, those are not food products. Those are 
food-like substances yeah. ultimately on, on the shelves and they're, they're engineered to be hyper palatable to get you addicted to them and you're getting zero nutritional value out of this and the beautiful beautiful thing is that we get to vote with our money with our, mm. our dollars and the more we vote for the things that we want and need yeah the more of that is going to be out there so do you think that people's um habits and that's changed like do you think that the needle is is moving on that do you think we're going in a better direction now or do you think we've just still got too far to go i'd like to say yes and slowly but surely we're, we are moving in the right direction however i noticed this you know pattern that i'm exposed to people in my network and my environment who ultimately are just like me they're looking to optimize every area of their life yeah. and they're going after it. They're, everybody has a meditative practice, movement practice. They're going through uh, unpacking their childhood traumas uh, going on. Plant medicine journeys, you know, it's like a, that's normal for me yeah. at this point. And then you're looking into the Western world. There's, there's a big wide gap that we're slowly trying to fill. Mm, yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, you know, we're blessed here in Bali that we get, we're very exposed to that and, um, you know, I'm very lucky that I get to, you know, have friends like you and uh, be exposed to such really, really cool information. And like you described, it's like um, that's your everyday kind of life now. Mm -hmm. But for the average person somewhere else, it's like it, th that's almost a separate thing. It's like, you know, when something is wrong with them, then they'll go and try to fix this thing and they'll go and see a psychologist or whatever. And it's like those things are outside of them. It's mm -hmm. like. I'm just going to live my life and then when something breaks i'll just go fix it when right. when my body breaks i'll go to the doctor rather than living an optimum life and all of these things practices that are good mm -hmm. for you just weaved all together so you don't ha ever have to fix yourself right and prevention prevention is power man it's yeah. like the, that mentality of reactivity rather than being responsive to your day-to-day -day inputs that's just not conducive to long-term success yeah. every single person has a has a plan vision and structure in their lives that they that they ultimately follow and that's we want to have that structure to be as optimal as possible and when you're saying that sometimes you know people have it seems like such a long way to travel from here to there mm. however when you surround yourself with people who are like-minded who are going in the same direction it just becomes so much easier you just know that okay we're on the same journey we're on the same path and you're going to get to 10 years from now regardless so we can get to that 10 years from now in the most optimal state of you or just how you were 10 20 30 years <laughs> before yeah yeah um you, you were talking before about sleep obviously that's a critical part of your your uh for yourself Huge. um and and also for this work you're doing with your clients as well like tell me about some of the the science that you've unpacked around sleep because you know there's different theories and i have this thing the whoop strap um and this measures a number of things sleep being one of them heart rate variability mm -hmm. um we'll talk about that as well but um uh sleep is obviously like massive and i never used to sleep well like 10 15 years ago like i would fall asleep at three o'clock in the morning and mm -hmm. I have to sleep on the sofa. So right. I was watching TV just so I could fall asleep. <laughs> and then two hours later, I'd get up and go to bed and it was, you know, it wasn't healthy. It was a mess. And now I sleep mm -hmm. like just form just like that. And I wake up super easy. And um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a massive element of being optimum. That's for sure. Man. When I, I used to say that I'll sleep when I'm dead. That's the stupidest thing mm -hmm. that I've ever said. So I, I want to take that back because it's, it's a horrible idea. I think I've said that maybe 2,700 times or so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. So ultimately with sleep, yeah, it's, it's a massive problem. It's, it's a pandemic yeah. around the world, like yeah. sleep deprivation. And one of the things, man, after one night of sleep deprivation, like your blood sugar levels uh, rise to almost like a pre-diabetic levels. So your cravings after most people have cravings after a sleepless night, those are because you did not sleep enough. Yeah. It's that simple. So, uh, yeah, sleep is massive. And, uh, so you're measuring it with the whoop band. I I'm using aura ring. The problem with sleep science and all the science around sleep at this point and the emerging research is that we know so little about it and that's a problem. However, as a baseline, knowing how your baseline deviates and fluctuates 
it's an incredible, powerful thing to have. Yeah, well, what I, what I like measuring on this with my sleep is it, it you know, and I, I've got no idea how accurate it is, mm. right? But it's, it's probably still a good indicator of whether it was better today than yesterday, right? Precisely, yeah. And then I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at, well, what did I do different yesterday or today? And are there patterns that I could recognize over time? And one of the things that measures is, is slow wave sleep mm. and REM sleep, yeah. right? And then obviously those two things combined, you want to maximize them as much as possible. You right. want to have 40 to 50% or whatever. That's what I've read. That's my understanding um, because that's when your body is regenerating, right? Mm. That's when you're uh, in the restorative stage. So what's your, um, your, what's your understanding of all of that and... How many hours is is it different for different people? Like, does it does it really vary? Obviously, how how much people exercise and move and sure. their lifestyles mm -hmm. plays a part, but by how much? Those are all great factors and uh, that you mentioned, and they need to be considered. So, from our brain performance to how much really how much of the thinking we do, moving, fasting, all of it, all of it kind of adds. Again, thinking about our body as a battery, and the more you do the more you need to regenerate mm. and a few of us humans who are lucky have this genetic um, ultimately makeup and genetic mutation where we don't need more than five hours of sleep and we can fully function on that not just one of those people who was on stimulants all the time and you know compensating for that but actually they don't need it they i mean they die quicker anyway but so it's kind of a no, <laughs> win lose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but um, there is quite a bit of variation. So obviously, for um, I see when I exercise, I need more sleep because my body, again, for the sheer volume and sheer size, uh, needs more time for regeneration. And I incorporate incorporate different modalities as well, man. So if I get, um, as you said, forty to fifty percent, if I get over forty percent of uh, REM and deep sleep, that's that's like a great night. And I usually sleep about from anywhere from six to seven and a half hours. Yeah. So that's my that's my happy spot. And uh, actually recently invested in one of the devices that mimics two hours of sleep in 20 minutes. So that's something in the afternoon. So is this I'm where the, where the goggles, the, like the green, the, the light? No, 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 not that. There's like this uh, bioprocessing signal, bioprocess signaling uh -huh. disc. Um, I might be butchering the name of it. And ultimately, you put it on, and there are trilateral beats in your headphones in an app that is uh, constantly changing and updating its algorithm, so your brain doesn't get adjusted to it. And it puts you into this deep state uh, where you're in between sleep and mm. wakefulness. So if you've done a sensory, sensory deprivation tank in the past, it's kind of virtual sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. So for 20 minutes, I uh, take that <laughs> optimized nap, as um, my girlfriend calls it, and 20 minutes of that optimized nap, and I feel super fresh, so I can actually cut back on sleep a little bit. Again, I don't mess with it too much. I just do that for to recharge, to rejuvenate myself, and... Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, no, I mean, my, my sleep is probably, yeah, six and a half to... six and a half to seven and a half mm -hmm. hours. If I sleep more than that, I actually feel tired. Like yeah. usually, I get more groggy. than that. It's like I, I feel groggy, wake yeah. up a little bit groggy. That might be something to do with the sleep cycles. And when I'm waking up, I'm not mm -hmm. entirely sure. Um, but I actually feel better on probably five hours than I do on eight hours. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting, actually. One of the practical things that I wanted to mention is um, our sleep really begins at the moment that we wake up. So mm. uh, when we step outside and expose ourselves into natural sunlight. That's something that our eyes register. It's like that cortisol, that sun exposure that we get, and our retina registers um, that light, that morning light. Ultimately, we're animals. It's like we live with cycles of nature. So uh, exposing yourself to that morning light, I put blue light blockers when the sun sets. Uh, so because we do use electronics, if you're watching Netflix, if you're working on your computer, you do want to block that artificial blue light as much as you can. And making your bedroom just a sacred place. Yeah. Like I only have a red light in my bedroom, so mm. just uh, turn it on. There's no because the red light is the one that does not disrupt your sleep patterns. And the artificial blue light, these especially podcast yeah. lighting lights, <laughs> <you know? laughs> they're just um, 
our body is thinking, you're giving your body a signal that, hey, it's still daytime yeah. and your body's confused. I go, hey, I was trying to wind down, but this cortisol is being pumped. I'm not getting the uh, antioxidants that are necessary. And additionally, uh, my melatonin production is stopped. So you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. What, what are some of your other... Um Practices. So obviously you do meditation. That's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Daily thing for you. Uh, any other kind of rituals and habits that you that you do? I mean, it sounds like what I like, what I love about what you're sharing is there's a lot of elements of um, bringing presence mm-hmm. to your day, right? And I Precisely. think even that in itself can be restorative, mm-hmm. right? That can that's also resting, right? That's kind of recharging the battery, even just a, just just a, just a little bit. Um, so I, I really love that. I try to do that as well. Like I take mm-hmm. moments I, when I'm like hardcore working, yeah. I do it in one and a half hour blocks and then I take 15 minutes mm-hmm. often. I might just have a drink and just walking around doing a little bit of movement mm-hmm. and sit there and meditate a little bit or whatever. And even that is like, you know, that's it's, regeneration. That's massive. That's massive. That's something because we create so many external pressures and we get into this reactive state and that puts us, that depletes us ultimately. So that little recharge, two minutes, Five minutes, whatever it is, that even thirty seconds is yeah. so easy to. I think also what it does is it it takes you out of the pressure of what you're working on. Exactly. And because you can just get so wrapped up in yeah. you know I've got to get this done, I've got to hustle, I've got to make my money, I've got to do this, <laughs> and it just becomes yeah. un, it just becomes too much and unhealthy, and and then you're not productive. Then you you think you are exactly. You think you are. It's counterproductive. It is counterproductive, and when you think that that break is going to stop you, yeah, uh, that's actually. The opposite. That break is going to help you be more productive. Yeah. Especially, you know, with movement. And that's something. Oh, whoever said when your body's moving, your mind is grooving. So that's that's really really true. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. So um, any other any other rituals that you do or habits or? Um, I have quite a lot, man. Yeah, <laughs> I have quite a lot, and that's something that. <laughs> well, and you know, we don't I, we don't need you to give away all your all your secrets. Yeah. But. Uh, one of the things, man, is reflection. One of uh, yeah. so if I was to give a gift to every single person in the world that would be first uh, of them would be meditation and the second one would be reflection so taking putting some time aside to see what you're grateful for mm. to review your day to actually see what you want to commit to and then revisit your vision on like a yearly basis and going back to I mean if you don't have your mission or purpose statement written down or you don't have a vision vision built out of like a one year three year five year ten year that you're constantly revisiting it's like you're ultimately living life by default rather than by design because our prefrontal cortex follows the law of the survival of the busiest the more we offload into our conscious brain of the things that we want to focus on the more our subconscious mind is looking for opportunities for those things to manifest in our day-to-day. So it's that simple. Yeah. Revisiting, reflecting on, hey, this this is what happened. This is what and I that's focus what, on. And that's why it's so important to manage what what is in your immediate conscience. Like, Precisely. Like you've got to fully manage that and manage the distractions and manage with the media and mm-hmm. all the information. that you, you've got to be, you've got to be picks, in, it all up. You've got to be in control of what you're feeding yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Like me coming from that Soviet, post-Soviet era, there are so many things in my subconscious mind that now I'm, when I'm doing all this work with meditation and other modalities that I, I'm, I'm unpacking and it's coming up, like, oh, I had no idea that it's still there. It's been over 20 years, you know, of, since that happened and it's still still there it's still triggering me and, and popping up and there'll be stuff popping up your whole life exactly. as long as you're looking exactly and the, yeah the beauty of it is that um something that i really discovered and learned from one of my good friends is every single phenomenon every single memory or trauma has this cycle and if that cycle is completed it becomes empty mm. and produces wisdom if that cycle doesn't complete itself our subconscious mind is constantly looking for opportunities for it to complete itself and then it manifests in our day-to-day and if we're not aware of it it's screwing us over yeah so that's again circling yeah. back to the concept of being of doing less stupid things that's ultimately yeah right. that's very powerful man i like that very cool hey what do you think is going on in 2020 man what do you what do you think is happening in the world like i mean obviously there's the the surface level stuff of you know 
pandemics or plandemics or however you however you think about it, um, you know, and there's politics and there's all sorts of nonsense going on. But you know, in the grand scheme of humanity in the world, like you know, what's what do you think is going on? It's the best year ever. Yeah. No, really. <laughs> um, so for me personally, if I if I look that from the at 2020 from the subjective standpoint, that's the best year ever. Every single year for me is the best year ever. Mm. And that, if that's not the case, um, I think we should reevaluate our priorities and how we live our lives. And in general, for the humanity and looking at this more objectively, I would say that it was an opportunity for us to stop, reevaluate where we at, where we want to go, what is it that we're actually that actually matters. And this little break and little pause and taking mm. a step back, I think it's just for the better. Yeah. So what, where, like, where do you think, how do you think all this nonsense came about? Like, where do you, where did, where did we go wrong? Oh man. Oh, I know, so, so I know many we, things. I know we're going deep down the rabbit hole now. Yeah. But. <laughs> for sure. Well, one of the, one of the things, man, is ultimately our inability to, pre to create those pre preventative measures in order to be responsive and non-reactive. Mm. What happened is something popped up, we became super reactive, and then it we dug ourselves into a hole which is kind of hard to climb out of right but, now. But I think, I mean, we created all of that through chasing money. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at the way humans used to live 500 years ago, they just lived with nature and there was right. no, you know, all this reaction to things that went on. And now it's like, you know, like there's there's industries that are there to support the industries, mm -hmm. not the humans. And then, you know, we just kind of get caught up in the middle of all this and we think we're doing the right thing, but we're not in control of our own bodies and we're living in the matrix and but we don't we, we think that we're free. That's the that's the illusion. Right. And that's a, that's actually the beauty of it, because Mother Nature, or whatever you want to call it, said, screw you. I'm yeah. going to force you to take a step back. I saw this somewhere on social media. It's like, uh, you know, um, it, it sent, Mother Nature sent us back to our room, like yeah. our parents. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it was like a forcefully. Out, out of all the things that Mother Nature could invent. Right. Right. <laughs> to slap us in the face with, mm -hmm. hey, you guys are off track a little bit or a lot. Uh, here you go. Right. Here's a yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then that's, that's again, uh, reevaluating those priorities and creating, raising that collective consciousness. So the more people are aware of how they feel, how they can help themselves, optimize themselves. And then ultimately, once they help themselves, they can help others better. The more of those people we have, the, that collective consciousness keeps, keeps yeah. rising and the more people awaken um, and actually tap into their full potential, the better world we can have. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a dreamer, but hey. It's yeah, a, uh, I mean, so, so am I. But mm. uh, I, I'm very optimistic about the future. Mm. I'm very, like, I think this Absolutely. year's, I think in some ways it's hilarious to me. Yeah. I'm like, I know people are dealing with stuff. I'm not trying to diminish. Right. But um, I, on a grand scheme of things, I'm just laughing inside. I'm like, I think it's freaking hilarious. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it's like uh, one of the things one of, uh, that ultimately sometimes I find myself, that kind of bites me in the ass sometimes. But yeah, I look, what is the win in every situation? Yeah. Whatever happens, it's like you, you can... It's always two sides of the coin. There's no good or bad. It's just how you react to it ultimately. And that's what meditation has taught me quite mm -hmm. a bit. Uh, that was, I wish I had discovered that a decade ago. Yeah. So now having that opportunity to discover those practices that are going to keep you grounded, or that are going to keep you living the life that you want to live. Hey, it's beautiful. Yeah, and look, I mean, it's pretty much every episode we end up talking about meditation, fasting. It's all the same things. I'm talking to different experts about different things, mm. and it's it's the same stuff coming up. And probably also because that's been an access for me as well. Uh, this thing that we're talking about with this having this hyper awareness of right. of of yourself and your body and mm. what triggers you and all of that. It comes from it comes from these disciplines. It comes from from fasting, like f fasting removing everything from your body i think is the only way you can get in touch with your body right right and every religious discipline around the world has some form of fasting there every every ancient culture yeah. all did fasting yeah exactly and and hum, um humans are the only animals 
that don't fast when they're sick. Right. <laughs> Every animal on the planet fasts. Mm. That's yeah, what they that's do. Another, that's another good point for sure. But I kind of want to um, dive into. So we talked about optimization just in general. Yeah. It's like we d- dove quite deep, uh, deeply into biology, which is super, super important. Mm. I kind of want to cover other things that I feel like are necessary to be an optimized human. Hundred percent. Yeah. So another one is uh, that I really, really, uh, I'm really massive on is leadership. Mm. How you lead yourself and how you lead others. Like the, having that courage to step up to have uncomfortable conversations and living the life that is not just around you but mm. around others as well so yeah. that's leadership is another thing that i just hey if you want to be an optimized human work on that yeah and and this yeah self-leadership man and mm. and this is um one thing i noticed about this year is it uh you know the the circumstances of 2020 just shine a light on what is there for people yes. and if people are inherent leaders like if they have that it's like they're stepping up right Right, and C- then circumstances do not make up the man. It they simply reveal. They just reveal it. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, not that I've got it all figured out, but you know, that's one thing that happened to me. It's like something just came over me. Like I'm, I got to do more. I got to stand mm-hmm. up. I got to, I got to be bigger. Yeah. Right, and it was just a something flowing, flowing through me. Right, that's a beautiful thing that you mentioned. Is like not that I have it all figured out. It's like that's something that, for example, when I coach people or uh, people see me in as a I guess a persona who's helping others. The assumption is that I have it all figured mm. out. That's nonsense. Yeah. That's nonsense. I know exactly. So the the only difference is that I am aware of every single one of those points and inputs that are necessary in order to become an optimized human, and I'm constantly working towards them and constantly tweaking and and they're going to and they're going to be changing over the over the years. Exactly, they're going to be evolving. Yeah. Because I, I ask myself, what does it mean to be an optimized human for over a hundred times? And it keeps changing, it keeps evolving, and that's the beauty of it. I might yeah. change my opinion on fasting or um, animal products, and that's fine. I'm gonna go back and say, hey, I was wrong, and that's one of the things that, yeah, we want to be right more than we want to grow. Yeah, and like my, um, you know, I, I mean, I've rubbed shoulders with some really successful people, really wealthy people. And I've never met one person who has their shit figured out. Right. It's like we all have our shit to deal with, but we think that there's a place to get to. Like right. we think that there's some level and when I get to that level, well, then I'll feel this or I'll be that or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, no, man, actually people who are doing big, big things, they've got bigger problems. Mm, right? Exactly. It's just, just different it's scales. Not, yeah, precisely. That's, yeah, amen to that. That's the best way of putting it. It's like we tend to put people on the pedestal that we think that would it looks to be successful. So yeah. the external is just simply, and not in every case, but the external world is simply the reflection of your internal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, that's really um, uh, good that you bring up that that that's that leadership aspect because mm-hmm. um, to me this is all kind of all weaved together. You know, like this idea of really mastering yourself and optimizing yourself, and you know, having the 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 discipline to do that. Um, that is where mastery comes from. That is a, a level of, of leadership. Mm. And it is in the demonstration of that to yourself that you inspire other people, right? And that's, that's what leadership is. Yeah. It's not about like trying to push people to do something. It's about you being the best example for yourself and then that inspiring other people. And you've got to hold yourself accountable sure. to these things. So lead, lead by example. And for some reason, now, again, uh, not... All people, I, I do actually believe that all people are leaders. We just fall back into this uh, pattern of seek pleasure, avoid pain. Mm. And once we get caught in between of that, uh, we kind of lose ourselves in it. And every single person has the ability to lead. It's just discovering where, how, yeah. when, it, and hopefully it comes. Yeah. Man, this has been awesome, really uh, insightful when we could probably talk for days absolutely but um uh i've got one final question for you but before we do that just want to acknowledge you man just for you're doing really good work and um yeah the the depths of that you're obviously going to for yourself and being the example for for other people is very inspiring um i'm i'm inspired so I that. Uh, there's some things i, I there's some things i, I want to learn now and um so i appreciate you about appreciate you for that and um how can people find you? Like, what's the best way? Instagram, um, website. Instagram is good. 
human dot optimized. Yep. Uh, that's where I'm super active. I always have, always go down rabbit holes of experimentation and yeah. I just enjoy trying new things and I share my journeys. There's a lot of mindset stuff that's in there. And yeah, that's one of the easiest contacts. And then my website, humanoptimized.co. Yeah. And actually, uh, one of the things that I want to give uh, your audience as well is this high-performance questionnaire. Mm. Ultimately, in order for us to achieve things, we need to first know where well, we Well, like stand. you said, you, you need to know where we're going. Exactly. But then, yeah, you need to know where you, stand, where you are right mm. now. Yeah. Point A and point B. So right. uh, to figure out that point A... It's humanoptimized.co slash high performance. Because we, we probably on some level, if we don't ask these questions for ourselves, we kind of assume that we know where we are. Right. And we kind of think that we know where we're going, but we don't really think about it. Then when somebody probes a question of you, you go, oh, oh hang on, I didn't really think of it like this <laughs> in, 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 to this detail. So I think that's probably, that's a very powerful thing to do. We'll make sure everyone's got the link to the website and sure. go check it out. Um, that's going to be super powerful. Brother, thank you so much for coming in. One final question. Um, if you had the superpower of mental telepathy just one time and you could connect one single message with all of humanity, what would that message be? Mm. Mm. I need a second for that. I would say connect deeper to yourself. Because once you know yourself well, you can help others, mm. you can know others better, and that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. You're in control and you can create and be anything and then pass that on. Mm. That's cool, man. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for coming okay. in. Um, guys, go check out the links. Check out AJ. Obviously doing some really, really cool stuff. And um, he's a beast with this human optimization topic. So, um, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. I'll see you next time back down the rabbit hole.